Hi there, I'm Eileen Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries. Welcome to our podcast and YouTube channel where we talk about conquering codependency God's way. You know, for years, I was unaware of my codependency struggle because it flew right under the radar of my confused Christianity and controlling tendencies to find love. But when God brought an awareness and an unraveling of codependency that would open my arms to real intimacy with Him, everything changed. Now, I'm not a psychologist or a therapist. Don't expect an expert on this channel. I don't even have a seminary degree. But I am a woman that found freedom from codependency through God dependency. And now I'm passionate about sharing this with others. So join me as we discover truth, experience freedom, and live treasured. rescue others so that those that you love can rise to their full potential um, and walk inside of their purpose. How to release your need to rescue. Now, this is particularly hard for those that we love when we see them fighting a battle, but in particular for a codependent, it is extremely hard because codependents love to rescue others. We have made a lifestyle out of rescuing others. And so today, I'm going to start a two-part teaching message on this topic of how to release your need to rescue so that others can rise to their full Potential. Now, the first thing that I want to talk about before I dive into today's scripture is why codependents rescue. And really, I think there's a lot of reasons, but there's four main reasons why. And the first thing um, is really identity. It is identity. I mean, it feels really good to help others. And that's not a bad thing. That's actually a biblical thing. But a lot of times with codependence, it's where we get our worth and value out of. We see ourselves as valuable if we can help others. And so being the rescuer, consistently rescuing our kids, others, whoever it is, we step in and do that. So it is a place of identity. Um, and like I said, helping others is a good thing. It's a biblical thing, but it gets a little confusing for the codependent because our motives shift a little bit where we see it as I have worth and value because I rescue. Um, but that can honestly be a dangerous place because the thing is, if you're getting your identity out of that, then a lot of times that is why we start rescuing and getting ourselves enmeshed in relationships that are not healthy or 
we may step in and rescue, which is preventing somebody else from rising to their full potential and that person uh, depending on God. All right, so that's the first thing. Um, the, the next thing is this, that it does create a dependency. And as codependents, we want to be loved. We want to feel secure inside of a relationship. And actually, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in that. I mean, God intended relationships to have that place of, of trust and security. But for codependent, we're trying to secure that. And so if we can be the helper in a situation, that will um, create a dependency where that person will need us. And if that person needs us, then we reason maybe I won't get rejected. But this is the reason why, as codependents, we serve others, but we feel worn out, weary, and resentful, and we can't figure out why. The Bible says that when we serve others, we will find joy. And it all falls back into motive. Now, um, for years, I didn't see this, and there's... There's certainly no shame over this, right? But this, these truths are eye-opening. And the reality is, is that there are some things that only God can rescue. There are some things that you are not able to fix. And you are going to wear yourself out and frustrate yourself out or get yourself enmeshed in unhealthy situations, or let's say this, you're, you're automatically thinking about one of your children. You want your children, right, to, to rise to their full potential. Um, and so that means that sometimes they're going to have to walk through difficult things um, and you're going to have to hold back from, from rescuing them. The third reason why um, codependents step in and rescue uh, is because of that gravity of guilt. Man, codependents feel a ton of shame and guilt. And the gravity of guilt, I've talked about this inside of my other YouTube videos, but what I mean by that is that the, the, there's gravity from past patterns that are created. Okay, so if we have a past pattern inside of our life of always rescuing and always helping and always fixing, that is how we live, right? So when we start to see that this is not how God wants us to live, that he wants to be first inside of our life because in his love equation, we must put him first. Works that are prompted outside of the Holy Spirit have no eternal value. And believe me, when the light went on in that, in my journey to break free from codependency, that was hard to hear. You know, because it's codependents were the dependable ones were working. And, you, and you're like, you mean to tell me that did I do all this for nothing? You know what? Do not waste one breath about that because you're watching this video, you're getting ready to, to walk a new way and some people never even see this truth. You have a limit to what you can do with your day. Only God is limitless. Only God is all surpassing power, right? And so we wanna make sure that our works are always 
motivated by the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And we have to be so careful. I mean, one of the things that you see inside of the Bible that I just think is such a hoot because I can see like myself in that and how I used to be. But the Pharisees, they loved the praise of man. They loved it. And so they did a lot of quote unquote good things, but why were they doing them? They were doing them so that other people would think that they were good. Now here's the bottom line. God knows your heart. He knows everything, right? And so we want to be so certain that it's not that force, that gravity of guilt pulling us back to past patterns, right? That, that, you know, we maybe feel this guilt, like we should be rescuing this person. I mean, I, when I started breaking free from this, my boys were still at home and I used to experience this mom guilt, like you wouldn't believe, right? Um, and oftentimes that can be a guilt that is not from God. It's just a part of your past uh, patterns. And if you need to process this, know that you can do that, that God, if you come to him, that he will show you, God, what is my motive in this? And am I doing this uh, for the wrong reasons? The fourth thing is that idolatry that codependents have. Now I've ta I talk about this probably in every video, but codependency really is just idolatry of man. And so we're orbiting our lives around a person. And so rescuing people, putting them in the center is something that codependents just are naturally uh, drawn to uh, and do. But what if, what if God has a difficulty in somebody's life, somebody that we love, somebody that we care for, maybe it's our children, maybe it's a friendship, maybe it's our love, whoever it may be, what if that difficulty is there and designed for them to rise up to their full potential by depending on God's help and all of this, all of the struggles that they're experiencing is preparing them for their purpose. Can you see how if we step in and rescue and rescue and fix and fix and fix and try to do, if, if we step in and do that, can you see how this might prevent that person from learning how to stand in God's power? So today we're going to be talking about this. Um, and it again, it can get very confusing for a codependent because of those four reasons that I just uh, mentioned. And the truth about it is, is that watching somebody that you love fight a battle when your hands are tied to fix the situation, that can shake your faith. It can really shake your faith. But you know what else it can do? It can also build your faith. And not only your faith, but the faith of the person that you want to step in uh, and, and rescue. Um, you know, inside of the wilderness, um, inside of the book of Exodus, which I love teaching out of to teach codependency principles because I 
I just see so many lessons in it for codependent, right? The wonders of the wilderness, you know, after the Israelites left their Pharaoh, they experienced a wilderness season before they went into the promised land. And there were many wonders that God did in the wilderness, but his primary one was teaching them dependence upon him, right? They had left their Pharaoh. Now they were walking through the wilderness. And a, and a part of that was putting them in these scenarios where they would need to be dependent upon God. And for a codependent, when we are leading others or in a relationship with others, right? Our friendship, our children, our spouse, whatever it is, we must realize that we cannot rescue people out of their situation because when we do, they will not rise to their full potential. And it can shake your faith. But if you will apply God's principles, it will shape your faith and build the faith of that child, of that person that you love. Yeah, the battles that we face often help us to reach our full potential to prepare us for our purpose. Now, in today's teaching message, I'm going to start with part one today. We're going to be looking at um, uh, when the Israelites were faced with a battle. And Moses' hands, we're going to see, uh, was tied to, to fix the situation. Um, and in the way that Moses interacted with Joshua, and what he did and did not do. We're going to see um, how good leadership finds the courage to let go of those that we love by trusting in God's power to do his perfect work. So I want you to just stop right now and I want you to think about someone uh, that you love that is maybe um, fighting a battle and your hands are tied to fix it. You desperately want to step in and fix it, uh, but you can't. You cannot do it. Your hands are tied. And I'm wondering if God has tied your hands on purpose so that both of you can increase in your God dependency. And maybe this could potentially be, I don't know who I'm speaking to today, a step inside of your relationship where God is growing you and the other person in deeper God dependency to prepare you for your promised land purpose. And that's exactly what we're going to see today uh, with Moses and Joshua. I'm going to be teaching you out of Exodus 17 verses 8 through 16. Now, when our scripture opens up, the Israelites have been freed from Pharaoh and they're walking through the wilderness. And all of a sudden, they find themselves under attack. And that's where our scripture opens up in verse 8. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Now, the first thing that I want to tell you about the Amaleks is they, they were just really scary dudes. Like there was one commentary I read that said that these people just love to kill like for the sake of killing. So it, it was like their job. 
Do you know anybody like that? Like it is their job, right? To just hurt people. Okay. Anyway, it says the Israelites were attacked. Now the Israelites were not trained in battle. They had been enslaved in Egypt all of their life. And so now all of a sudden they are, are being attacked. And I would think that at this point, they're probably weary, right? They, they've been spending their life um, inside of slavery. They've been wandering around in the wilderness. And all of a sudden, there's this, um, this curveball. The Amaleks come and attack them. And maybe inside of that person's life that you love, there has been a curveball. Well, let me tell you something. It may be a curveball to you and me, but it is not. Uh, to our God. And we need to remember that he is always good and that he is not the author of evil, but he will use every battle, every obstacle that we face, that our loved ones face um, for his glory and so that they can rise to their full potential. Okay, so then verse 9, it says, Moses commanded Joshua. Now, Joshua was Moses's aid inside of the wilderness. And so they had, it wasn't a father-son relationship, but I'm sure like a uh, type of leadership mentor relationship. And so it says, Moses commanded Joshua to some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. Now, the staff of God, uh, if, if you are familiar with this story, that was what uh, God told Moses to use. Um, and when he parted the Red Sea, he placed it in the Red Sea, and that's what split the waters. And so a lot of commentators say that that's symbolic of God's power, right? But in this circumstance, you know, God didn't tell him to just throw, fling the staff uh, at the army and just slay them all at once, right? Like, like when the Israelites crossed that Red Sea and Moses, you know, the Red Sea got parted, then the Pharaoh and his army came after them. God told them, hey, you just stand still. I'm going to take care of this for you. And the waters all came back in and, and got, got Pharaoh and his army. But this time, there's a different battle plan. And that's how the Holy Spirit works. That's why it's so important for us when we're dealing with situations and with people to not get caught up in a checklist, but to maintain that intimacy with God and to say, Lord, you know, our first step in prayer, like, how do I handle this situation? Um, what, what should I do? So then it says, so Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and her climbed to the top of the nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amaleks gained uh, advantage. Now, most commentators believe, and so do I, that this is a picture of 
prayer, that raising his hands, that was a picture uh, of prayer. And you know what? Um, when we are leading others, you know, I think that there is just, you know, we, we want to rescue people, right? And it's like, God, I've got to do something. Let me do something. And we just, you know, imagine if Moses just said, you know what, I'm going to step in and fight. But no, God called him to stand back and to raise his hands. And there is so much power in prayer. And when you pray, you are taking the people and the situations that you want to fix and rescue. And instead of trying in your might and in your strength, to be Holy Spirit Junior, right? And just fix everything so it's all neat and tidy. You are releasing that person and putting them under God's care. And sometimes that can be the most loving thing that we can do. See, good leadership finds courage to let go of those we love by trusting in God's power to do his, his perfect work. And a part of that is prayer. When you feel the need to want to step in and rescue a situation is to pray. The first thing is to pray and to ask God, Lord, what is my responsibility? What do you want me to do? And sometimes God may tell you to do something just like he told Moses to stick that staff in the water or he, then he told Moses to stand still. I'm going to fight this battle for you. But then this time around, you know, it was the Israelites were going to fight. But Moses was not going to participate in the battle. Moses was going to stand back and pray. And, and you know, prayer, this posture of prayer that we see here with our hands up, that's really a place of vulnerability. It's really a place of humility where we are lifting people up. And that's the picture that we see of Moses um, you know, not stepping into fixing, but to to pull to pull back and and to uh, and to pray. And so, so whatever that situ situation is that you're facing, the first thing that you need to do before you act is pray. Pray for God's direction. Lord, is there something that you want me to do? And you know what? What worked last time may not work this time. You know, last time God told them to stand still. This time they, you know, fought. Last time God said, put your rod in the sea. This time it was, I'm standing up on the top of the hill and I'm lifting that rod up. And so it's different instructions, but the same Holy Spirit, right? And if we will pause before we act, you know, we're so used to jumping up and fixing and jumping up and doing and jumping up and, you know, doing all this. But if we will just pause and sit in that uncomfortable feeling of not fixing and instead fix our eyes on God and pray and ask for direction, that's the first thing. All right. So you want to pray and then you want to follow through, do what he tells you to do. The second thing is to pray for that person 
And that is like the best thing. Like when you can't help somebody. In other words, you can't give your kids courage. You can't break that addiction off of a person. You cannot make them change. You cannot choose for them. And that's a frustrating thing. I've talked about why in the beginning of this video, especially for codependent, but you can pray. You can pray. And that is a big thing about letting uh, go of people. And so inside of this situation, when you are faced with a battle, when you are faced with a loved one, where you want to rescue, how do we respond? Do we try to take control and take power and be the rescuer and fix it? Or do we put that person under God's power through prayer. Now, a lot of us um, are faithful Christians, but we're frustrated Christians. And one of the reasons why is we've got to remember what we're in control of and what we are not in control of. Um, one of the Treasure Tribe members just pointed this out, and, and I love this, that you know, she talks to her children like um, she has them draw a circle and put inside of the circle the things that you can control and the things outside of the circle that you can't control. And, and the things that you can't control, you lift those up in prayer, right? I mean, Moses could not have prevented the Amaleks from attacking them. And some mama bears out there that are codependents, we believe that it is our job to wrap our children in bubble wrap because when they get hurt, it's like we feel like we failed or something like that. But you know what? Our children will walk through battles. The people that we love will walk through battles on the way to their promised land. And part of those obstacles are there to prepare them for their purpose. Um, and so, so instead of praying, sometimes we step in and we try to fix things and we try to rely on our own strength. Um, and it is our past survival mechanism that just comes popping out, right? And we want that for us. We want that for um, or for our loved ones. Another reason why we do this is because, you know, if we experience a battle or we see our children experiencing a battle or our loved one or whoever, we falsely believe that God is not good. I mean, you know, just kind of put yourself in the Israelite shoes, right? It's like, God, you called us to leave Pharaoh and go to the promised land. Like, why on earth would you have us face these bullies? And have you ever thought that? God, I left that unhealthy relationship. And now I have promised to depend on you. And you are going to break me free from codependency. And now I am walking through loneliness or financial strain, or 
the difficulty inside of a difficult relationship or those that I love. You know, I, I followed your ways, God, and my child is struggling with addiction. What is going on? You know, God, I listen to you for your direction. And I've walked according to your precepts. And all of a sudden, I'm being faced with a battle. Let me tell you something. God is good all the time. As much as there is a God that loves you, there is an enemy that will come and oppose you. But the good news of the gospel is that you never fight alone. And you've got a decision to make. Because, you know, as codependents, we will want to pull back into our survival mechanism where we are self-reliant and relying on our own power and trying to be the fixer of everybody else, playing that Holy Spirit junior role and doing a gosh darn good job. But at the bottom core, could it perhaps be that we're afraid that God is not good or maybe it is? that you've left your Pharaoh, you're in the wilderness and you're experiencing a hardship, this battle will not break you. It will build you when you see it as a doorway to depend on God. The battle that your loved one is facing will not break them. It will build them when you push them and lead them to see that it's a doorway to depend on God. And part of that is falling back and praying. It's one of the primary ways that a codependent can let go of people and release them to God. Um, and you know, it feels great to rescue. But when we do rescue others. We are not pointing them to God. We're pointing them to ourselves, right? So that we can be the hero. But we're here for God's glory. And there is no greater thing than leading others. And that's what good leadership does. Good leadership leads others to depend on God. Our past battles often prepare us for our promised land purpose. And so it is the troubles that we experience in life um, inside of our wilderness. And this goes for those that we love too and we want to step in and rescue. They provide the necessary resistance to build faith. You know, watching somebody that you love fight a battle when your hands are tied and you can't fix it can be frustrating, especially if you are a codependent. But it doesn't have to shake your faith. You can let it shape not only your faith, but their faith when you see the battle as not your trigger to step in and fix, but your call to take your hands and lift that person up in prayer. And when you do, it is the first step 
to releasing that need to rescue so that you and others that you love can rise to their full potential. That's all for part one of this teaching message. Stay tuned for the next video when we'll finish up this series.